I'm your host, Matt Kraft, Jiminesi, and Cheese, and joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. Hey, man, how's business? Hey, dude. Hey. Good. Um, but I can't even think or talk about it because if I don't do my taxes or yeah. get my tax docs to the right people, um, I won't have a business. Oh, I mean, the IRS will probably just take it away from me. Yeah, you should do that, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm done my taxes, man. Yeah, I'm mad. I already did my taxes. I got like 10 W-2s or 1099s or whatever they send you. I, I created a Google Doc, uh, with, and it's called my 2018 Tax Manifest. Uh-huh. And it is enumerating every doc I need between... Uh, <laughs> I see you like shaking your heads. It's too much. Head. Between my personal taxes and Listen Money Matters, not counting the other businesses and rental property, it's over 35 docs just for those pieces. I mean, you are making me anxious just talking about it. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you should see how I feel. Yeah. Well, look, look, we don't have to be anxious because in this episode, we're answering five questions from the beautiful, talented, and incredibly savvy money lab audience but before we get started this episode is brought to you by money lab pro you've been asking for it and i finally made it money lab pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members only money lab pro community You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and MoneyLab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, MoneyLab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right. We are answering your questions I want to thank everyone who submitted your questions through Twitter or email. And without further ado, let's just fucking get into it. I'm just curious, though, Matt, if you submitted a question by Twitter and it's not Uh in this episode, that just means that you had a terrible question, right? Uh, Or it's 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 being saved for a future episode. (laughs) That's called Mm. being a diplomat, motherfucker. Good save. Wow. I know. know. (laughs) And this first question is from Sherman Pants. And the question is, I'm starting a new website. I bought your SEO for bloggers course. It's fucking amazing. Thank you so much. He said that. I swear to God, I didn't just add that in there. But he's kind of stuck. Where should I be focusing my writing energy? Would you recommend, A, focus on focus my initial time on writing great content to build traffic, then worry about monetizing once the pages start to rank, B, focus on writing content I can immediately make money from, C, both at the same time, or just shut the fuck up and write, dummy. <laughs> a lot of F words in this already, so mm. sorry, but here we are. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? Oh, what a, do B, I think? C, or D? A, and not only because my name is Andrew, but okay. um, I think uh, the, the, the truth be told, no one's visiting your website for a few months, so you should yeah. think about how you're going to do it. Um, but don't even reach out to those companies because if you show them your website, they're just going to tell you no. And, and so I'm going to I want to focus on A and B real quick because I think D is the same hmm. one it, it, or A is focus my initial time on writing great content to build traffic and then worry about monetizing once the pages start to rank or focus on writing content that he can immediately make money from. I yeah. do you want, can I can I say what I think because I almost feel please like, I mean well, you were like <gasps> and then nothing 
I feel like the greatest lesson of Listen Money Matters was it didn't have to take so long if we sold people something. Okay. So I think so you're- the, the caveat is what is your business model? Is it an yeah. affiliate? Is it a product? Yeah. I my gut says, and if you were if we were talking to Tim from Ahrefs right now, um, he would say that do not write anything if it doesn't if it's not going to lead to either what you're eventually going to sell mm. or what you're currently selling. If it doesn't actually help your business, then why even write it? But if you're creating a website, you don't have a business yet. If you're just creating a blog, sure. But if you're look. Let's take Brew Cabin, mm. right? Or any of, like, you have your sites, right, that we won't mention. But Brew Cabin is kind of along the same lines where it is an affiliate play right now, 100% affiliate. And we kind of did a mix of both, but we are focusing a lot of our traffic growth on things that will make money with affiliate links mm. or that affiliate links will appear in. And I think that might just happen with anything, you know, like even if we do an article about, you know, water chemistry, as an example for brew cabin, there are still things we would link to in that article that are, it's not just a money play, but there's things we would link to like test kits and, and different chemicals. You could monetize anything with Amazon, like literally was messing around with lasso and I just searched cabbage and you can Uh monetize an article with a head of cabbage. So, okay. Like that's boom. When we're talking about (laughs) Amazon, but if we're talking about designing your own products, perhaps, I mean, maybe is there something to the idea that maybe you should just write a bunch of shit that, you know, you would get good SEO traffic on and then whichever one takes off is the one you build your product around. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't like the like, uh, like three sheets to the wind strategy or whatever. I, I feel like you what have you to know what you're doing, like what is the destination or at least you may change the destination. You know, but you mm-hmm. at least have to have a, a destination in mind because, okay, like you'll spend a lot of time creating things that that don't work. Like you made a great article on how to have sex in a hot tub or something like that. Yes, that you have uh-huh. eventually deleted because while succeeding to the most amount that an article like that could, you couldn't make any money from mm. it, and it didn't even resonate with your brand. Okay, so the answer is B, focus on writing content I can immediately make money from. No, but see, okay, if I, Betterment does not let people into their affiliate program, but at a certain size, and if your website is impressive enough, Mm. they will. And so I think, and and also, for example, like there's, you know, Etsy, and like one of our websites got rejected from that, and now we can't get back even to reply because of... Really? Yeah, and it just, sometimes they reject you, they don't look again, so I would be wary to prematurely apply. Okay. So let's reframe this because I think none of these answers are none of what he suggests we recommend are what we recommend. Hmm. I think what we recommend, or I guess what I would recommend is to write articles. If you're starting a brand new website, I would write articles that are going to get traffic. And the way you do that is through you know, if you're going to use SEO as your tactic, which it, I mean, look, they they bought the SEO for bloggers course, so we're assuming that in this question, you would go after keywords that have a low keyword difficulty, relatively like easy to go after, with a high keyword volume, meaning that a lot of people search for it, right? So Laura and I websites from nothing, no uh-huh. links, whatever. Yep. Difficulty of three or less, volume or fifteen hundred or more that's what your criteria is and it's like it's like a gold mine i mean mm. it's literally 1500 people a month are looking for something with no relevant yeah. results you so just like my, place yourself in there so i'm a little different because i specifically go i'm going after a very um targeted demographic and a, de- and a, and a theme so for like home brewers not every keyword is going to be less than three and over 1500 your and site really has no- also existed for a little bit and and you have sure. you're not starting from zero but you you found your niche through keyword research our last two websites yes listen yes. money matters not no right so i'm not i am personally not finding my niches through researching hrefs 
Mm. I am picking my the niches that I want to target, and then those have a variance of keywords. Some keywords are you know, 20 difficulty with like 10,000 searches a month. Some have zero difficulty and 1,500 searches a month or or 1,000. So they kind of range. But I would say go after relatively, and, and, and Hrefs will tell you if you decide to use Hrefs, it'll tell you that a keyword difficulty is easy. And if it gets, to me, if it gets over 1,000 searches a month, it's worth going after. Obviously, you want to go after ones that get more than that, but those will be more difficult depending on the difficulty. So I would, what I would do if I'm starting a brand new website is basically create a list of keywords that are super, super relevant to what your website is about. And if you, if you have the forward thinking capacity to say, oh, uh, on Brew Cabin, we're going to create courses, uh, video courses to teach people how to homebrew. Well, then of course, you're only going to want to do articles for people who homebrew. So for example... Right. There might, you know, um, best, best, uh, beer bars in America might be a really great keyword to go after, but that doesn't necessarily target homebrewers. So I'm never going to write that article because I know in the future, the products that I want to sell are for people who want to homebrew. Mm. I know that's kind of like, duh, obviously, man, <laughs> obviously. But it's like but, obvious, not obvious. Cause you could see it as this goal. Like no one's filling this gap. So you fill it. And maybe totally. there's a reason why no one filled it. I mean, look at freaking hot tub sex, right? Mm. I ranked number one for the term hot tub sex, and people gave me a ton of shit in the industry. They're like, you're just going to get a bunch of pervs looking for boobies and peenie and peeny holes or whatever. Is that a thing? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I Google. Another I keyword perv. with a low competition. <laughs> yeah, just, just, go, just go to Pornhub, type in peenie hole. Uh, but if you, I, I did that and I ranked. Mm. And then I realized later, wait a minute, People who search, it wasn't like I, it, you know, I didn't get pervs. People like read the article for, I had six minute on page time, mm. like average time. So people were reading the article and it was mostly about like, hey, it's safe, not safe. You won't get pregnant. You will get pregnant, whatever. It was like very scientific, but not everybody who searches for that owns a hot tub and I'm selling hot tub chemicals and, and, things for people who own a hot tub. So while it kind of made sense, mm. it actually didn't make sense. So, okay. I, I briefly consulted for someone in the podcasting space. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the best way to do it is see if you can come up with 30 piece of content ideas yeah. with 30. research and do that and see if you could even get to 30, you know, and, and if you can, and it still makes sense, then you can write. Right. There you go. I think that makes sense. Mm. All right, we're going to move on. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, Is it cool so, with you? Huh? Is it cool with you? Yeah, it's cool with me. Thanks, Sherman. Thank you for your question. Appreciate it. Hopefully that helped. Moving on to question number two from Corey Haynes. When is the right time to sell a website? Would you ever want to sell? Swim University and LMM could probably both go for a million, I'm guessing. So why not cash out? What would make it worth it? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to toss this one to you because I've had many discussions with Laura about it, with with Larry about it. Um, so it, it obviously depends on your financial situation. Um, if you were to say have multiple of those millions, you know, and then you added another one, it may not really change anything. Yeah. Um, if basically, if you're already a millionaire and somebody's going to pay you a million for your site, it's not really, it's not that big of a, but going from like, you know, making, I don't know, 40 grand a, a year to all, all of a sudden having a million in a bank, hmm. way different, way different story. Right. And you'll pay taxes on that. And you'll pay a lot yep. of taxes on that. But I think uh, what I always come back to and, and what I see with like the Listen Money Matters audience and just how I act is that uh, you buy and live your life essentially based on your income. And most people do it with like wanton disregard for if they will even get it next month. And so right. imagine how confident you are buying that TV that you can't afford with the job you might lose next month. Now- yep. 
Imagine how you would feel if you have a million dollars in the bank, no income, and you have to die, hopefully, before the money runs out. And now mm. you're splitting toilet paper, two ply in half. <laughs> so right. I think it's like a whole shift in mindset. And what are you going to do with a million dollars anyways? I don't know. Right. I, I couldn't deploy. Probably start another business. Right. Like, <laughs> like I can't deploy that in any meaningful way. Sure. Well, yeah, you're just going to, if you're smart, you would stick it in the bank, make smart investments, mm. and hopefully, what? What is 4% of that? If you lived off the 4%, you know, fire, retire early thing, that's still only 40 grand a year. Yeah. So, cool. You want to live off 40 <laughs> grand a year? I don't know. Personally, the right time to sell a website is, <laughs> is if, you fucking hate it mm. <laughs> and it's but it's but it's like it, it is a nightmare it is a stress factor it is horrible you know something they I mean, don't it's, like it's tanking in like a month yeah perhaps i mean that's kind of a uh, nefarious but i know people do that with you know brick and mortar businesses too because you know you could go in and save a business mm. too you, know, you can go in and like buy and flip a website which i want to do at some point we, hopefully we literally had soon. a discussion last week multiple phone calls someone <sighs> yeah, who was true. looking to sell uh, we i was considering buying this thing uh why, and like the first question i feel like you ask when people are selling is why and often yeah, well, there's shitty reasons like why are you selling this madly profitable business it's like oh Oh, it's illegal. Ah, that's why you're selling it. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I can only speak really from experience. I sold Roasty because it wasn't because I hated Roasty. It was because I had done, I had read the book Traction, right? Which I still recommend. I don't think everyone, depending on where you are, it's one of those books to like just have on hand mm -hmm. because you might get through the first two chapters and do the exercises in that. And then you're not ready for the next, you know, 10 chapters after that. Like your business is literally not at that point. But the, one of the most, the biggest benefit I got from it was I did this exercise to determine what my business does. We, and I've decided like Ace Media is a company where we produce digital media and we sell digital media. Mm. And if it's not digital media, which I know is a very broad term, but for me, it was like digital educational media. So video courses, written content, um, you know, web pages, all of those things fall into that category. And what doesn't fall into that category is e-commerce and uh, software and all other things. And so when I finally realized that, I'm like, wow, okay, well, Swim University is a digital media company. We have two courses, video courses that I put together and, and we have eBooks that I put together. And so that's a digital media. You, you it's something that's published and can be sold. And our, the way we get traffic is through articles and words and videos and stuff like that. Again, all digital media. We don't have any software products besides the website itself. If you consider that software, mm. uh, which I do not. And we don't sell pool cleaners or skimmers or like actual physical material. And that to me is an entirely other business. It's a whole different ball game. And so I love the idea of people getting into like the Amazon, you know, you know, go to Alibaba and get some like, you know, manufactured good and then sell it on Amazon or sell it on your own, own website like for business arbitrage thing that is almost destined to disappear. Like the nature that it exists, I feel like is a transient yeah. business. Perhaps. But a lot of people told me to do mm. that. They're like, well, why don't you start a coffee subscription business? And I'm like, because that is not a digital media business. That is a brick and not a brick and mortar, but that's an e-commerce business. And I know those margins are thin. And so I looked at Roasty and thought, what a great website for somebody who already sells, you know, bags of coffee. What a great website for people who sell coffee machines or or whatever. It wasn't for me anymore. Mm. I when I as soon as I got clear on what I do, I like sitting in my office and working out of my laptop and not dealing with quote unquote like customer service because people didn't receive a physical item in the mail. You know, I didn't also want to run a business that relied on sponsorships and mm -hmm. advertising because I've I've got 
the shit kicked out of me at some university. And I'm like, you know what? This is not, I can see people really enjoying that. And I did enjoy it for a while, but I found more enjoyment being creative and, you know, coming up with educational material and selling that because shit, you make that once and it's digital and you can just, there's no inventory. It's forever. It's the best to me. It's the best business ever. I, I want to so add one awesome. more layer. Okay. Because, uh, and you, you have this, which, which actually makes it really compelling is, uh, I think it's like moneylab.co slash like timeline or something. Yes. And it's essentially uh-huh. like your businesses over time and how they've done. And you can like read all the bubbles, which are interesting, but I would say like, don't even read the bubbles. Just look at the yearly numbers and look at Matt's growth year over year for the past few years. Why would you sell something that's growing at like an ungodly rate? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and our online business is the same. Like we would be remiss to let it go when it's going like so fast like that. Yeah. Yes. And I don't regret getting rid of Roasty, but I do. I thought it, I thought it deserved. I thought it was best with another business model. I just didn't think that the coffee education system worked with the things that I was willing to, to productize. And I'm super glad that I sold it. it it's not, it wasn't even a stress reliever. God, like, if I only just, we were friends, you could have sold it to me. I know. Ugh. I wasn't even, I'm, I, I was like, you know what? And I was in debt. So it was, it helped me get out of that. But that was sort of the secondary reason. Mm. It was like, oh, this is sort of, I was thinking about it anyway. Now's a good time. Let's do it. Mm. Because I wanted to start Brew Cabin. I, I wanted to refocus my efforts on Swim University because that was doing well. And so it was just this thing I was spending money on. It was making nominal amounts. Could I have put more into it? Yes. But I think the real money at Roasty is made with um, extreme content, which is what's happening right now. And it's growing. It's it's what growing is like gangbusters, content? like Ninja Warrior, meaning like uh, probably like a, a new piece of content every day, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, just really like aggressive publishing and sponsorships or ads. a lot of people are winning with that. I don't, I don't yeah. know. That's necessarily niche specific. No, it's not. And I that's just not the business I want to run. Same. And so I it was it made sense to me. But as far as Swim University, I want to say mark my words, but I, I don't think I can say that. Mark your words, but it's sold I, this year? <laughs> no, I will never sell some university. Mm. It is, one, I, I, it's a little too personal because it's my first thing ever, but also, like, it makes money, and it makes money consistently every year, and it grows every year, and I don't want to cash out. I like it. It's so easy for me to do. It's, it's a well-oiled machine at this point. What if... What if it was, I was to offer you $20,000 in unmarked bills? Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. What do you All got? Right. Deal. Yeah. Small ones. Like I'm each, fives the, I'm each ones. in the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll be in the black. Hand over the keys. <laughs> mm, I like it. No. So that's, I mean, would you ever sell us the money matters? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, for the same reason I won't sell some you. We've, it's just we've like gotten a, inquiries. We get a mm-hmm. few a year. Yep. I've um, gotten those too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe, or I just want to see what they might say, but it, it doesn't matter because it'd be short-sighted. Also, I know me. I'll just start another thing. Mm. I'll just take that million or whatever I get and just put it into something else that may or may not work, and I'll be right back where I started. Yeah. So, no thanks. <laughs> uh, so, Corey, thank you so much for your question. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to move on to number three. Question number three. Daniel Mead says, what tips do you have for finding your niche, your niche, especially if you either don't have significant expertise in any one area, or if you do, that niche generally cannot be monetized. Hmm. We clearly have both approaches. We've done, well, you've done both. I've only done one. Both. What are these approaches? (sighs) Well, you're saying like expertise and opportunity. So the tips you have for finding your your niche, which is or niche, I I think I say niche. That's me. You a niche or a niche? Niche. Okay. Damn it. Um, just a little too pretentious for me. The word niche. Niche sounds like a dirty word. Like niche. Yeah, it does, and it sounds like you're saying it wrong. But or niche. 
It's like ah, uh, when you find your niche. Like, how do you find it? You take your pants off, you reach <laughs> your hand around, and um, what do you do? You've done both. You've mm. done the opportunistic niche finding approach, where you look for keywords. Our latest were- one is is interest driven. Yeah. Um. But also, yeah, it's, it's, it mean, it's opportunity like you, and interest combined. Meaning the Venn diagram, right? Yeah. Over, you know, no, yeah, expertise okay. is really not in there. Maybe, you know, briefly in sure. there. I, you know, it was funny. I was I was home and I was talking to my parents about this thing that we were going to buy, not going to buy mm-hmm. this, this business. And we, my mom was telling us a story about this thing. She was reading in the Times and how possums are like this new pet like craze going on no and i refuse to believe it I, and no and then we pulled it up online and it's like this whole thing and all these people have a po- have possums as pets and down, down I, like in, in the south like i i don't know where they were i don't remember that wasn't really the focus of the thing but you know the the, the my knee-jerk reaction is to be like okay i don't know if i believe you let me pull up ahrefs see if there's any search volume there but like i think it is perhaps just uh some gradient between these things right where it's like maybe you see an opportunity maybe you don't have any idea of opportunities you can go straight to research but if i were to make a pool site i don't know i would have lasted nearly as long as you and so you have to be I yeah, know. I think there needs to be a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And I personally start with things that I'm interested in and then do the research to see if those things could be profitable. And now I look at it, if I were going to start anything else, right, I would look at it holistically through, one, I'm interested, two, is there money in affiliates? Is there money in um, digital media products that I could sell? Because that's what my company does. So... One of the websites that I've said, or one of the themes that I've said I I would create in the future, because they're like, well, what's next? You've done some university, you've done coffee, you'd have pools, coffee, and you've done beer. Things that I'm all relatively interested in. Pools, I just happen to be a part of that community, so I knew it. What are my other interests? Well, I have snowboarding. I, I do snowboard, but to be honest, like I'm not super interested in snowboarding. I just like the leisureliness of going out in the mountain. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, So therefore, like my interest is kind of like, whatever. And is it really lucrative uh, in the affiliate marketing space? Probably not because you don't, no one buys a snowboard and boots and biting. You have to try it on and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a weird space. And are there, you know, educational videos that you could, you know, or like, you know, info products that you could sell. Uh, it'd be the same as roasty. Mm. Like, could you sell an info product on making coffee? Yeah. And people do buy it, but I mean, there's no high demand for it. Right. Where I know for a fact in, in like the homebrewing space, there's a super high demand for educational material. So it's, it just makes sense. Uh, and obviously the products you buy are on Amazon and they actually have, they're actually pretty expensive because it's an, it's because it, it relatively, or it can be, a relatively expensive hobby if you choose to make it so. The other theme was cooking. I love cooking. I love cooking. You have for always one. flirted with ideas in that realm. It's a challenging yeah. one, though. But I thought, well, what is there? Is there people that want to learn? Yeah. There, there's certainly maybe a market for like digital content that you could sell to teach people how to cook. It's recipe things. Yeah. I mean, and that, and then like, well, what are the, you know, the affiliate products? Uh, you know, there might be a pan that's like a hundred bucks, which is, you know, mm. not that expensive. Like there's something that that expensive, maybe a Vitamix, you know, $600 Vitamix you could, you know, but that's also I think super like saturated. in curating those things. Like during sure. Christmas time, I was trying to figure out what to get Lauren. So Tim Ferriss has his whatever yeah. hour chef thing, you know, and I just popped uh-huh. all those windows, you know. That could be a thought. Um, sure. I'll tell you. It can be done. I, I know there are people who have created cocktail websites, um, and I, I probably will never wind up getting to it, but uh, there is a site yeah. called Drizzly, which has a great affiliate program, and they deliver alcohol to you. Mm, I think you could kill a cocktail site with that. There's really so, no good ones. 
that was another one that I had wrestle. I mean, I didn't wrestle with it, but like I have a friend who owns one hmm. and I remember telling her like, I want your site so bad because I love that. I, I love it because there is actually education in that too. Oh yeah. So how teaching to people how to make do it, mix it, the tools right. that are. Yeah. And, and you know, just to give a shout out, a bar above.com is the that was site the one I was that thinking like, of, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Oh, what a great, and I mean, I, I hung out with them in San Francisco. We went to like fancy cocktail bars and I'm like, you guys know what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and I, and I honestly don't. So as, as a person who is interested in cocktails and could get very into it, I, I am not I, nowhere near am I to beer. Right. Right. So it is, it's just, I mean, I, th- I the only, the only issue I thought with that site, as far as affiliates and, and again, what I do educational side yes there's an educational side to it totally would make a course on that makes sense very similar to homebrewing but then there's the affiliate side and we're talking about relatively inexpensive things to make cocktails with right besides the alcohol which if you're telling me drizzly has an affiliate program that's pretty dope they they have a a really cool site but oh my god are there opportunities on that site and because my one tab is at least always dedicated to ahrefs i popped it in and Mm -hmm. they they have maybe not discovered google search yet so you know yeah yeah and and again like any site even roasty if you were to look at that there's so much opportunity which is what happened when you know uh the the person who bought my site found those opportunities and just went crazy if if your friends who own a bar above are looking to sell let me know (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, there's so many. I have friends who own uh, other sites that I'm just like, ah, whenever mm. you're ready, man. Like, I'll take it. I'll take. If you're it. listening and you have um, a niche site and you want to dump it, <laughs> email us. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do it a buy and flip. I would buy love and flip to, project yeah. on money. Yeah, it would be great. But as far as like tips on finding it, I am more of a kind of sit down in a quiet room, write a bunch of stuff down that you're interested in. And then kind of Venn diagram that to things that are, you know, depending on what you want to do. If you want to run an Amazon FBA type of situation where you get your own products made overseas or whatever, then there's, you know, there's, there's different opportunities than if you want to be like me who want to run info products only and do it all out of the comfort of my own home. I'll tell you what, I think that you're like, what can you go into? I actually believe you can go into anything and you could be successful because there are just such huge gaps. And what I would do is like, so say you wanted to do like cocktails or or whatever the, the thing was, find three websites that are popping up in the search results you think are great throw them into Ahrefs, look at their keyword volumes and their stuff and just start picking out the ones that they suck at. Like there's mm. a website called The Balance that's in the personal finance space that used to be called about.com and they generally suck and we just kind of pick off their weak ones, you know? Right. Yeah, I and mean, that's there's so many ways to do it. I just if you I guess maybe the other the other thought of is if you're the one writing you know, you, and especially in the you beginning, have to be interested and possibly like slightly educated. Yeah. You know, if you are immediately hiring a writer out of the gate, like a freelance writer who is good at researching, then I don't know, maybe maybe go more opportunistic and look at. um. And again, like finding your niche doesn't have to be SEO driven, mm. you know, it can be anything. Like we just talked to this guy Mark who owns a bar. It's not a it's not an online business, but he was a he was a you know a bartender and was super interested in that field and kind of like ran with that because he was interested in it. Same with me with pools. I grew up in the industry. Well, if so you have like experience, you have a leg up for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I I mean I personally and you would I guess maybe disagree with this. I personally wouldn't go after something I knew nothing about. It's only it's it's kind of the old adage: invest in what mm. you know. And especially like so, you have a site generally that doesn't apply. It's it's sort of a weird site because it's not like it's an interest to anyone, right? It's not like a specific a specific niche in any. I know this is so like and you know like, really, really tease them. They'll never know the know. URL, but just <laughs> they'll tease never it up. know. Yeah, but. It's it's serving a need. It's not. It's it's almost. Right. It's an, everything's a niche, but it's not like a topic based thing. 
Right. And but you happen to be good at everything else that surrounds it. Like so. OK, so one thing might be like grooming. Right. Or, or, you know, it's like maybe a broad thing and there's like shower things and maybe yes. hair or makeup. But like grooming's this like broad. That, I don't even mm-hmm. know if that does it. No, that doesn't do it. No, that's not what mm-hmm. your thing is, because it's it's even more broader than that. It's mm-hmm. super broad. It, it, it spans across a whole bunch of things. It's, the, it's I don't know. It's hard to explain. But I think regardless, the niche is consumerism. <laughs> yeah, the niche is consumerism. You're right. If you can make a niche uh, based on people buying things, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you did. And but you, but you knew how to do everything else around it, so you really didn't need an expertise in any of it. Right. You really didn't. Um. So if you can find something like that, fine. <laughs> but like the people who go after these like super micro niches that are. That they had, they know nothing about. And that's too narrow. These micro niche things, I think it's ridiculous. I don't know. Mm. Like, keep going. I don't keep know going. if you could hit scale to really make meaningful money in these tiny. You don't think tiny... the world is going in the micro niche? Niche. I I don't think that you have to corner like pigeonhole your business like that. Like, mm. yeah, I think things are getting super niche, and people are going to be asking such specific questions to Google or whatever the next thing will be. Yeah, but. You could be broader than that, you know, mm-hmm. like listen, money matters can answer tax questions and debt questions. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Daniel, I hope that was helpful mm. in a way. Who knows? Moving on. Rob asks, as someone who makes a living off of affiliate programs, what is your personal philosophy on deciding which products and services are off limits, no matter how good the money is? Hmm. That's a good question. I know. And just to be clear, like the first thing that comes to mind is Bluehost. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I would never ever pitch that on Money Lab, even though the money is very very nice. Very nice. Yes. So. I don't know. I don't. I think you. I don't. I think you kind of. There. I don't know. There is there anything off limits to you? <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> just just say it. Like, I would just say, Andrew, that you have not no morals, but yeah, no morals, but zero morals. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Uh, I think um, it would be. I, I consider because we do this the podcast and there's the website. Yeah. Um, would I be embarrassed to promote this thing? Like, would it feel, does it feel low brow? Does it cheapen the rest of my work? And I guess I feel like we try and do, I see you like smirking over there. <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah. I, I feel don't like know. we try wanna... and do great things. We try and be helpful. And, yeah. you know, there is money to made be made all over the place in the money space, but there's some things that, uh, would 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 remove trust like would you do you, have you actually done like is there something that is coming to mind right now so and maybe you can't say it but yeah yeah so i'll i'll give you two examples i'll give you an okay. example of something so there's this product is called uh, national debt relief and got it essentially what it is is uh and most people don't know this but um when like if you have debt like you got to pay that off but if you are so deeply fucked that no one believes that you're going to pay that debt off, they will negotiate with you and like essentially reduce that debt number to some fractional amount because they want to get okay. something instead of nothing. And what Got National it. Debt Relief does is they will negotiate on your behalf. And mm-hmm. the reason why it is a shitty product is because it is in the lowest realm of income and whatever. Why I feel fine doing it is because often the people in these situations, I believe, would have no ability to negotiate meaningfully with these debt companies. And so someone like National Debt Relief, while their website looks like shit and whatever, is doing a service you know, in lieu of, say, bankruptcy. Yes. You know, and then there are things I wouldn't but be. Do you, huh. But are you saying that you would? We do. We do that, promote that. Okay, yeah. you do. Okay. We make thousands a month off of that. Okay. Um. That Then there are other ones that are like, uh, 
I don't know, like binary options or or forex trading are these real bullshit things that you're just not going to make money on. They're just going to take in. It's just garbage. But what if the money is good? The, the money is great. Oh, there. Okay. like great, great. I mean, yeah. So screw you're credit cards. Won't. Get everyone to sign up for Forex. That's how you make millions. I wow. Mean, okay. It's damn good. So, what is your philosophy then? Is it is that if it I would, would be embarrass embarrassed you? because I would never I would never do it myself. I couldn't even justify. <sighs> so it. yeah, but that's basically you're saying that your your conscience and your morals kick in, and you have to be somebody who's like more more like morally obligated to to be a good person. What if you're just a fucking dick bro who's just like, <laughs> I'm going to sell fucking check cashing, uh, predatory loans. Like, well, I don't give a fuck. I, gotta, dude, I need to make mine. If if you feel that way, you should really get into the money space. And there are, <laughs> you know, payday loan things. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the SoFi guy that we used to know, he went to a, it's called Op op loans or something and it's like 600 percent interest and they pay well oh my god it's not good but can you live with yourself and then if you make millions of dollars being a royal asshole yeah and, you know are, is that does that cheapen all of the work you had to do because it's going to be hard work dude there's plenty of people who are royal assholes and make a ton of money yeah no one likes them i mean a lot of people do a lot of people like ty lopez and i think he's a royal asshole People people like him because he did a video with a Lambo and they like Lambos. Hmm. I, I guess I feel. I don't know. I, I, I guess my, my personal philosophy is that if I wouldn't use the product myself, I wouldn't promote it. Hmm. And that's it. You know, like, I... Honestly, here's the deal. Here's, here's the best example I got for myself. Hmm. I've been a MailChimp ambassador for years like going on six years and they have a, they don't even have an affiliate program. If they do, it's like you get 5% off your bill or some like negligible affiliate program. Mm. Now ConvertKit, on the other hand, has a killer affiliate program. AWeber has a killer affiliate program. But I, I get what you're saying. But the thing is like AHRFs, quote unquote doesn't have an affiliate program correct but they do have an affiliate program that you know we are working on i mean like you would monetize it if you could type of course thought. right and, but my my point is so, is so like, not being able to monetize mailchimp i don't think is a fair thing because well i'm not i'm not saying what i'm my point is is that i used mailchimp mm. exclusively and that would be like me going on Money Lab and go, you know what? I use MailChimp, but I'd rather you use ConvertKit because I get paid. Uh, it's like I use WP Engine as my host, but you know what? You should start with Bluehost because I get paid more money from Bluehost than I do from from WP. You don't have Engine. to comply with SEC regulations, though, right? So, well, like my affiliates thing. do. So there are uh, there are those lines. I, yeah. I cannot cross those lines. I know. But the thing is, is like I just don't promote things that I don't use. Mm. Okay, so now I'm using ConvertKit. <laughs> I so, can't promote things that I use. Really? Yeah, it, it is illegal uh, to provide a paid testimonial in uh, the financial space. So interesting. Literally building some relationships forced us to divest from their product. Oh my God. Yeah. That kind of sucks. It does suck. Because Even if you used it prior to getting in a relationship with them. Yeah, and which was the case. And we made some decisions that we've stuck with in the beginning because we thought it was the best. And I still believe it's the best. And we just can't use the best. Wow. Mm. I don't know, Rob. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's what I, I think. That's my, my philosophy is just, it's just that I, simple. I think you know if it's wrong. Right? I think you know if you should I mean, do it. I don't know. Some people are fucking assholes. Well, what would your mom say? <laughs> uh what if your mom's a fucking asshole <laughs> well <laughs> ask your dad <laughs> and here we go back into a loop so thank you rob for your question hope that was helpful in some way shape or form and last question is from jay when it comes to outsourcing your work how do you mentally overcome being able to hand the keys over to someone else hmm. 
As a perfectionist, I find it very hard to outsource a task to someone else unless the task is dead simple with no room for error, which usually means not much time has been saved in outsourcing it. I have a story. And yeah, I was going to say, you fight with me all the time about this. I think you should take this one away. All right. I... It was, I, I, it, was when I, it was when I first moved to Boulder. It was 2015. And I was writing everything myself on Swim University. So it's not that long ago. Four mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I was writing everything myself. And when I wasn't writing, you know, things wouldn't get published because whatever. It was just mm-hmm. me. And I kind of sold, I sold it to myself that I am the only person who is talented enough, who is educated enough, who understands all these things that can write entertaining, thought-provoking, SEO-driven articles about swimming pool and hot tub care. This is while you're watching the show Last Man on Earth, right? Probably. <laughs> I love that show. Mm. And I, Actually, I was probably watching that show. I swear to God, that's not even like a joke. Uh, I thought that was a clever joke. Just no, continue your story. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Love that show, but don't I, get it. Last man on earth, you're the only I get one that it. No, I get okay. what you're saying, but yeah, I'm fine. being but it's funny <laughs> that you picked that specific reference because well, I, I also know, yeah, okay. All right, so I just felt that way. And Steph, who I, you know, I was with at the time and still with at this time, um, she said, You're wrong. <laughs> she was like, Challenged me. She was like, You're not the only person who can write about this. And she challenged me to hire a writer that that didn't know anything about pool care to write about pool care. Mm. And so I was like, fine. How did did that work out for you, Matt? Seriously. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it sucked and I hated it. No. What happened was I basically just did this is and I think this is the most important part of this. I gave this person a title Mm. of an article that I wanted written. Right. He was a professional freelance writer with an SEO background. So not the cheapest VA type of, you know, overseas thingy, you know, what is that? Like those, those services like Upwork and stuff like not super cheap VA finder or something. Yeah. Not super expensive, but like a good writer. And I, he was recommended to me by a friend. Because I I reached out to people who are in my industry and I was like, do you know anybody who's just a really good freelance writer? I'm trying this thing out. I emailed him. I said, I have I'm gonna give you a title and I just wanna see what comes back. All right. Hmm. And what came back was an article that I read and was like, oh my God, there's some things in here that even I didn't know. Right. And when I asked him how he did it, he's like, I just Googled it and researched it. <laughs> and I'm like, of course. And he wrote it, you know, he, I, you know, I asked him to write it in the same voice and tone that Swim University was already written in, which is based on my own writing. And he was able to do that. And then I was like, okay, I'm willing to publish this. And maybe there were some changes. Like there were some technical things that I had mm. like fixed or whatever. Or no, he, I made him fix. And I just gave him another title. And it kind of like at one title after the other. And then I finally was like, okay, you're on a schedule now. One article a week. Here's a list of titles. Go for it. And that's kind of how I started even using Asana. At the same time, I was I needed some sort of platform to work with another team member. And I chose Asana because we had used it before on List of Money Matters way back in the day when it wasn't even the same color scheme, when it was like blue and green or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And it worked. And I, as a perfectionist, and I don't know if I would consider myself a perfectionist, but I just felt like I had full control and I let go of it, but I let go of it one piece, one step at a time. Mm. I didn't just let it all go, even though I've been challenging you this morning to let everything go at once, but I, yeah, I'm, I am not. The irony has not been lost on me. Yeah, I'm not, I am not a perfect like unstoppable 
But the thing, the thing is, and and <clears throat> if I may paraphrase the the lesson, is that adding another person into the mix added a dimension that you didn't even consider, and then you're still there, so you could still add your pieces in, and mm-hmm. the sum of the parts was better. It wasn't a one plus one equals two. It's like a one plus one equals three type yeah. situation. Yes, a hundred percent. Um. I will also say that I chose something that I really disliked doing. So the reward for me was Mm. while I thought I was the only one who could do it, I learned very quickly that no, there are other people in this world who are capable. And it also took something off my plate that I really wasn't that I I needed help with. Like I would not right now go out and hire somebody to replace me on this podcast, mm. right? Because I actually enjoy talking into a microphone mm. and drinking beer and talking business and all these things. I enjoy this. So why would I outsource this? But what I disliked was coming up with, t- t- you know, topics and, and writing the show notes and, you know, putting together the things. And, and I liked editing, but not that much. Mm. And so I outsourced those things one at a time until the trust and the and the consistency happened and it did and i think it all came down to having because i was the one doing it prior i had a very tight system that i would do and i just filmed it i just like all right here's how i edit a podcast here's you know i filmed myself doing it mm. and i literally and our real podcast i didn't just film like you know a uh nothing i filmed myself doing a real podcast and i filmed myself you know, writing show notes and all these things and, 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 and said my thoughts out loud and basically created an SOP, which I was then after doing it for eight months. And again, with swim university, I was writing for six or seven years. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I have a very specific way to do this. Now you do it. And it worked. So I wasn't just starting something from scratch and then handing over the keys and going like, I don't know, you figure it the fuck out. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. And, I think what happens is like, you know, over the years of doing this, uh, at, when you hand a thing over, you almost lose sight of the thing you handed over because then you're able to see more things and you find a gap, a thing that you weren't doing that you should have been doing. Yeah. Or, you know, you grow and you have to do more. And so, you know. You're right. Because I mean, otherwise, like at this point, I would imagine you out of a job, but you are still doing a ton of stuff all the time, you know, and yeah. you have people helping you and perhaps newer, different things that I wasn't doing in the past that could be helping my business or just being more creative within that space. Like I just had more room to like remove the mundane and do something that's more creative. Mm. Uh, and I just, again, you're right. I don't, I don't just hire. I mean, I did, I hired out for everything I want. I, I, I sometimes tend to like, prematurely hire out but if i am i have to do it myself i have to do it myself for a long time you know almost a year if this thing is working and i want to continue doing it but i find that i am my own bottleneck well then it's very easy to hire somebody else is there the first person that we hired together at listen money matters Mm -hmm. was candace Mm -hmm. do you remember why we did that because you were always the opposite of me. It was, it was. I would say probably a fight, and I yep. have always been under the mindset of if there is a way that we could plug money in to make it bigger, better, faster, stronger, whatever, we should do it. You know, we could yeah. figure out how to improve it later. And I think that was a fight that I won at the time. Yes. Do you still believe that? Um. We didn't create the great things that then, but you know, you learn what better is and how to do better. And much of that has been rewritten, but I think Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know until you start. So I I would say, yeah, like you're, you're going to pay for things that you're not going to use anyways. You're going to pay for things that get thrown away. It's just part of how it works yeah if there's if there's anything i learned in the last 10 years there's definitely been i've you know once i had that sweet taste of outsourcing Mm. right 
I'm like, oh my God, what else can I outsource? And I kind of went crazy with it because you had, you'd always had that mindset. I, you know, it wasn't like I did it for 10 years and now I want somebody else to do it. You were like, well, we need this. So I'm just going to hire somebody to do it. Mm. And I'm just going to throw money at it because if I throw money at it and that thing helps us to grow, then, you know, it's, it's basically the idea of like paying for Facebook ads that print money. It's the same, right. you know, um, I, my whole thing is I need to do it first personally in order, and I have to see if it makes money. And if it does, or if it adds to my bottom line, bottom line in some way, shape, or form, then I don't have a problem spending money for somebody to replace myself in that work process. And I know that's not incredibly scalable, but for what my business is, that's what I've been doing, and it seems to be working. And and if I may to to like bring it back full circle, because you know, I think the the part of like handing over the keys mm-hmm. uh, is a challenging one you know i think like you know you're you're you maybe would say you're a perfectionist or not you know and i would probably disagree with you no matter what you said um (laughs) i'm not a perfectionist you are a perfectionist i'm not a perfectionist yeah i mean you you get pretty yeah i'm a perfectionist you're right but uh, the, the thing is like um you want someone else to do the work and if you are a perfectionist, you will be so annoying, they will leave, and then you yes. will do the work again. And yep. that that sucks more than getting something that is 80% perfect. And yes. so you wind up, after making that mistake a certain amount of times, like taking some middle ground. Yeah, where- okay. You, you just kind of like made me think about something important, which was I... It's, you know, in the very early beginning of doing this, you are going to be a perfectionist and you're going to want to critique the fuck out of whatever somebody, whatever you're paying for, because you're paying for it. And some of the critique is important, you know, of course, some of it's important, but people grow because you're hiring individuals, you're not hiring a software, right? You're hiring people and they will grow. And, and if you give them enough, like if you give them enough space and, and enough like ownership in what they're doing, they will get better because they want to get better and not, and, and, and I don't think everyone's going to do that, but I, in my experience, I have kind of left, you know, in the beginning, I, I kind of felt like I was hovering and then you sort of let go a little bit and you just, you know, let them do their thing. And then eventually like they kind of own their space and they want to do right not by you. Who gives a fuck about you? Yeah. They want to do right by themselves. So, and if you give them enough space to do that, if you're just constantly hovering over people like, you know what, um, critiquing every little thing they do because you know better, quote unquote, then yeah, of course everyone's going to fucking hate working for you because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be shitty. Hmm. I would hate working for you. I think I'm it's like, like you put someone in your business and it is uh, really valuable when they do work from you for you but if yeah. they are flourishing it's like invaluable like they it's ridiculous yeah they level up it to like such an extent yeah so you're not and I'll, and again like handing over the keys meaning you're handing over complete responsibility to everybody that's what that phrase means like you know you're handing over the keys to the car so that somebody can drive you and it's that's not exactly what i've never done that hmm. i've never i've never thrown my hands up and said like no you fucking run ace media yeah like i don't want to do my business anymore you do it and i'll <laughs> just take it. some of the money <laughs> yeah and i i hope you're better than me but i know you won't be because i care more <laughs> and look people drift if you if you do that and you take your eye off they will yeah. give a little less fucks every day until yeah if you take your eye off they'll take their eye off yeah yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got to lead by example and do things one step at a time. Be the boss you always wish you had. There you go. It's a great way to end it. Thank you so much, Jay, for your question. Hopefully that helps. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, Andrew? this beer is really stinky. What is it? Um, it's the uh, Hudson Valley uh, Brewery. It's the pillow one, pillow hat. Oh, pillow. Yeah, it might be older, huh? Is, t- it, is it sour? Nah. I think it's an IPA. It just, just smells weird. Tastes good. Okay. That that was what I had to add. All right, good. Glad we got that out of the way. Mm. I want to thank Adam for sending in my new middle name, Matt Craft Givenesian Cheese. My favorite. Yeah. 
That's your favorite middle name so far? I thought that was the most creative. Yeah. There you go. Hear that, Adam? Andrew approved. <laughs> I want to thank ye- everyone who sent in a question. Keep them coming. We'll be doing more of these shows in the future mm-hmm. because Andrew and I love five questions. This is essentially what we do in normal days. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> all these so 500 questions, and it's 30 hours of a, of a contiguous Skype chat. There you go. Yeah, it's between the two of us. <laughs> so it's glad to have some outside help. Uh, and of course, I want to thank you, Andrew. I'm Andrew. For joining me in yes. this and every episode of Money Lab. Thank you so much. Head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges. And email Matt at MoneyLab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on this show. And feel free to send me new middle name suggestions. Be as creative as possible. And Andrew will approve it. Maybe. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.